seated. If you have your Bibles with you, open up the 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1 is where we be, we'll be spending our time. 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 10. Very special passage. We're really going to particularly focus on one verse, but all of them connect with one another in a special, special way. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 through 10. It says this. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all of our sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Verse 9 is, again, where we're going to be focusing on mainly. It says this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. He is faithful and just to forgive us and also to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you today with all of our baggage, with all of our dysfunction. Lord, we're not going to sit in this room today and hide behind anything, but rather expose and bring it to the light so that we can walk in it. We can walk in the light only when we expose our inner darkness. And I pray today that, that we would take that measure and we would take these steps and we would just get truly honest with ourselves and with you and with one another. The Lord, we're struggling. Some of us, we are deeply struggling with some very hard things. Lord, I pray today we would find freedom. Pray today we wouldn't play any games, but we would just be so bought in and so in tune to what you want to do in and through our lives. For a lot of us, we have real addiction, strong addictions that are ruining our relationships, that is ruining our joy, that is ruining our hope. But you're the one who can restore all things. You're the one who can make all things new. You're the one who can bring to perfect completion. And I pray that your spirit would do that today. I pray that you use this message to bring real transformation in one's life. We love you and we honor you. In Christ's perfect name is who we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Good morning, Christ Church. So excited to hang out with you guys. I'm thankful to God. We finally got like kind of a warm day. The last couple of days have just been blistering, been horrible. You ever had that cold where like it hurts? It's so cold, like it's painful to your face and your hands and you start like getting frustrated. I'm glad that well, today is a, is a little bit of a nicer day. Well, thank you guys for hanging out with us, all of our online friends. Let's give it up for our online family watching and hanging out with us. Uh, 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 today we're going to be continuing in a series of uh, Breathing Underwater. Now this series is intended and is designed to go on a journey with God and allow Him to bring us to a place of healing, to, to truly transform us into the people He calls us to be. To, to be the people that, that God wants us to, 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 to truly just mature in a special, in a certain way. That's what we want to do in this series. In the last several weeks, we, we've been uh, addressing a lot of our dysfunction, which is good. 
I think we all need to get into that place where we just get real honest and we start looking in the mirror and we start saying, hey, dude, you're sick. Seriously. Hey, dude, you got some problems. Hey, dude, you got some errors in your character, some real defects. We're going to talk about that in just a little bit. You got some real defects in, in, in yourself. But now today, what we want to do is take action. Because it's one thing to address your issues, but it's another thing to actually take action on it. See, addressing is only part of the journey. Action is how we actually walked in the journey. So today, what we want to do is talk about what it looks like for God to completely uh, uh, heal us and transform us and bring us to where he wants us to be in our lives. Because if we're not careful, and if we can be honest, we have been controlled by the wrong things. We have been controlled by anger. We have been controlled with our deception and our lying. We have been controlled with our entitlement. I'm talking about myself. We have been controlled by all the things that we haven't nearly addressed or taken action on. But I believe today is the day where we can, again, get the engine going, right? And we can get on the path and we can start moving forward. It actually reminds me, uh, I had a buddy last week, a college buddy, and he called me. And every month we call each other and we talk and we laugh. And every time we get on the phone, we always talk about college. As he calls it, the good old days, you remember the good old days and where we made really bad decisions and did a lot of stupid things and, you know, we were ridiculous and underdeveloped and all of that. And, and we always talk about the, the good old days. Isn't the good old days you always talk about just like how terrible you were? But anyway, <laughs> he posed this question to me. He said, hey, let me ask you a question. And he's never asked this before. Now, we've been talking for years about the good old days. And he posed this question. He said, if you could go back to young Jovan, if you can go to your past, what would you tell Javon? And I, and I sat there, and I was so phased by the question. I didn't know how to answer because there's a lot of things that I would tell Javon. There's so many. It would be like a Harry Potter book. Like, there's just so many things. Christians don't read Harry Potter. But anyway, <laughs> don't be that Christian. But uh, um, there's a lot of things that I would tell young Javon. You know what I would tell young Javon? Hey. Get out of that relationship. It's not worth it. She's toxic, and guess what, homeboy? You're toxic too. It's okay. She's not the one. <laughs> I would tell myself that all the time. You know, another thing I would tell myself, Javon, don't take out a loan, brother. <laughs> don't take out a loan, my brother. Yeah, if you ain't got, if you ain't got the cash, don't even ask. I mean, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Right? There's a 37% interest rate at the bottom. You don't see. Don't do it. But if I can truly be honest, church, if I could go back and I can address the past divine, I think the one thing I would tell him is to confront the demons that are in you. If I can go back and I can really sit with a 20-year-old ignorant, 20 pounds lighter, Javon, that wasn't supposed to be funny, but... If I get, I would say, hey, Javon, you got some problems from your past. You need to deal with it. You got some things that you've been struggling with since childhood. You need to get some help. And friends, I believe all of us probably would have that conversation with our past self. Now, if you're young in the room and you really don't have much of a past, you've only been living for like 16 years, right? Get in the habit of that now. Can I get an amen for all of those who are over 25? 
right? Getting the, get the rhythm of that because, friends, if we don't take the time, we're going to find ourselves in situations we don't like. And because I didn't address those issues, I ruined a lot of relationships. I lost, I, I, I lost a lot of people's trust. Not only that, that I, I lost opportunities that God wanted to bless me with. But because of my inability to see, discern, address, take action on, I found myself in a place that I didn't want to be. I found it interesting. Last week or a couple weeks ago, Chet called you guys a bunch of addicts. Now, I was like, all right, Chet, bro, you got to back off. You got to be easy, bro. They're going to go to that church, Harvest Ridge, up the street. Don't do that. They're going to be like, look, we're just going to go to another church, y'all. But I found it interesting. I think it's really good that we pinpoint our problems and stop calling them issues, but call them for what they, is, for what they really are. They are a sickness that we have. They are addiction. Because here's the thing. When you go through AA recovery, I have an uncle who went through AA three times. And he says, never would anybody say you just have a problem. No, they will say you're sick. And what happens is when you, when you label it that way, you put a little bit more urgency on that path of healing on that path of transformation, because if you're sick, like for instance, if you get a cold, you, you, you're taking some medicine, right? You're not just sitting in the cold, right? You're going to take some medicine, some Tylenol, some, some Motrin, and whatever it may be. You're actually going to make sure you address the sickness, and the same thing we need to do in our lives. We need to address the, the entitlement, the pride, the anger, the, all the things that we do are consistently that are burdening us and others we need to actually call it for what it is. Not just that we have a problem, we have a sickness problem. So today, I want to talk about God transforming us, God changing us. Here's the hope. Whatever you are struggling with, there's a God who has a solution for it. Whatever you are struggling with, there's a God who is willing and able to say, hey, son, daughter, come to me. And I will give you rest. Come to me and I will, I will release those burdens. Come to me. And over time, you will see yourself totally changed and different and new. Amen? There's a God who wants to heal us today. So again, as you guys know, we've been uh, uh, borrowing from the 12 steps uh, uh, community. We've been looking at the 12 steps. The first couple steps have, have really been kind of the thing that we've been looking inward, you know, uh, um, uh, uh, addressing our, that we are powerless over our issues and giving our will over to God. And, and so today, I want to talk about the next few steps that we're in. And the first step, and really, John, in his letter, he addresses kind of what the first step is. I love the 12 steps because they're so biblical, right? They're so biblical, and they're so about what it looks like for God to, to go on the journey with you in healing. And so today, I'm going to talk about step five. Here's what step five is. Listen to this. It says, we admit it to God and to ourselves and to another human being of our exact nature of our wrongs. So, so step five, really what it is, you, you, you're, 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 you're kind of um, uh, coming from the step four where you do the moral inventory, where you sit down and you write out all of the trauma you've gone through in your life, whether someone caused it towards you or you caused it. And you sit down and you write it out, and y'all, I did this, and I was at 12 pages, y'all. And most of it was because of the trauma that I've caused, Right? And you start to identify, okay, what's the main issue in all of this? 
But then once you identify, for me, it's entitlement. I'm a very prideful person. If there's one thing that I love, it's me. You know, you ever heard the notes, do, re, me? I get, I get stuck on me. It's do, re, me, 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 right? It's, it's all about me. And I realized that in the past it has affected me so much. So that's what, what step four is about. What the step five does, it puts it into action. And notice that it says, we admit to God. Now look at 1 John 1, 9. Look what it says. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. It says this. If we confess our sins. See, a lot of us, we don't have a hard time identifying our problem. We just have a hard time what to do with our problems. We don't have a hard time identifying our sickness, identifying what's the real problem in all of this. But really, now it's about what we actually do. And what John tells us, that if we confess our sickness, if we go to God, and we tell him all of our dirt. Now, when you go to God, I'm not telling that you go to God only when you make a mistake. You know, only when you have that moment in your life where you fell short and you yelled your kids a little bit, little bit harsher than you were expecting to. You know, when you overreacted in, 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 in traffic, which I do all the time, with all those moments. No, confession, friends, it's a way of life. It's a way of how we worship. We go to God and we say, God, and we not just go to him, we tell him the exact nature of it. Listen to this. We say this, God, I have lust issues. Because here's the thing. God's not like this. Oh, my gosh, you struggle with that? <laughs> Bro, you nasty. You struggle with what? God's not blind to your struggles. He knows them. He knows them. You go to God and you say, God, I'm a liar. And I, I don't just fabricate the truth. I water it down. God, you know, I, I'm a very impatient person, and it, and it pours out to other people. God doesn't flinch because James, John tells us this. We confess our sins. Listen to what he says. Put up verse 9 again. We confess our sins. He who is faithful and just. God won't reject you. God won't reject you. God won't be surprised by you. God would rather welcome you. He would say, that's what I wanted to hear all along, if you were willing to be honest. But most of the times when I come to God is to, help him to, is to ask him to help me to advance my career. See, a lot of us, when it comes to prayer, we never pray for our character. Can we just be honest? We, we, we always pray like, God, help me to make more money. Which is, I, I don't think, I'm not saying these things are bad. We always say, God, help me, help me to, uh, to, uh, to find the one, all the single people in the house. Help me to find the one, God. Because when I find the one, everything changes. Speaking like a black Pentecostal preacher, everything changes, God. <laughs> everything. But most of us, while we're asking for things, none of us realize we're, our character is so underdeveloped. Why would God give you something when you haven't completely dealt with whatever you got? And why would God do something when you haven't fully confessed it? God says, I want it. Now, why do we confess? As we said, confession is more than just, um, you, know, you know, when you do something wrong and you just uh, confess at that moment. It's a daily, consistent activity that we do in our lives. It's a way of worship. Now, why is confession important? And I need you to hold on to this. This is really good. We go to God, we confess to God, 
so that we can experience his forgiveness. What did John say in verse 9 again? We confess our sins. He who is faithful and just, listen to what he says, he will forgive us. We want to experience the freedom of forgiveness. The freedom from shame and guilt. Some of us, if we can be honest, when we really look at our issues or really look at our sickness, there's a lot of shame and guilt that comes along with that. You're like, man, I hate that I did that. I hate that I ruined that relationship. I hate that I went this far. I hate that I was out of control. But what happens is the forgiveness of God frees all of that. It frees us from our shame and it frees us from our guilt. But here's the truth. When we talk about God forgiving us, we overlook it like God should already, he he should forgive us. The truth of the matter is, John says this, God is light. That means this, God is perfectly holy. He's perfectly righteous. His standard is perfection. And guess what? You're the opposite of that. So if anything, God shouldn't do anything, but he decides instead of showing you grace and mercy and forgiveness in the beginning. See, friends, I believe we overlook forgiveness because we don't understand God's holiness. God is a perfect being. And in him, what does it say? There is no darkness. But rather, here's God going to the dark people that have real issues and sicknesses, and he's ready to forgive. There's something about receiving the forgiveness of God. You don't have to be so defined by your issues, because a lot of us like to do that. I'm just a control addict. I'm just a control freak. No, that's, don't, don't do that. Oh, this is how I, this is how it is. No, it shouldn't be like that. You know, sometimes I just like to, to speak up a little bit. No, you're insecure, and you don't know when to have boundaries. God is there to forgive. I mean, there's something about it. I love my, remember my favorite passages in Romans 4. It says, blessed are those whose sins, I'm sorry, whose lawless deeds are covered, whose sins God does not count against them. God doesn't count it against you. Forgiveness is actually the pathway towards the freedom that we want so desperately in our lives. But here's the thing, too. Here's just the one thing that I, that I really want to hold on to, and I believe this is a, a really good part of, of kind of the step five. Did you notice in step five, it said admit to God and to ourselves. Then what's the third part? You admit to others. Now, this is probably the hardest part. It's one thing to go to God because God is full of love. God is full of mercy. God is full of grace. But really, one of the pathways that, that, that helps us towards spiritual sobriety is when we involve other parties. And let me tell you something. This, is something, this isn't something AA just made up. It's in the book of James. You ever read the book of James? It says, confess your sins to one another. That means this. You are not dealing with your struggles alone. But we are very private people, aren't we? Right? As long as you show your good side, you don't ever have to talk about your bad side. As long as you tell them that, as long as you're showing up to work and you got a smile on your face, they don't ever have to see your darkness. But friends, we actually kid ourselves. We're actually lying to ourselves. As John uh, John said, we are deceiving ourselves. God wants you to to take the, 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 the faith. This is a step of faith. Take the step of faith. Because some of us, we need to talk to people about our struggles. Thank you, Jackie. She's the only Christian. Some of us, 
We need to go to that next mile. I'm just joking, y'all. Don't send Chet an email, okay? <laughs> hey, Javon, I heard you said this in your sermon. Some of us, we need counsel. I, you know, it ain't that bad. I, I can stop whenever I want. How long have you been telling yourself that? I can, I can just stop whenever I want. It's not a big deal, you know what I mean? It may hurt a few people, but John says we deceive ourselves. Now, here's the thing about uh, um, going to a trusted source. It's exactly what it is. It's a trusted source. Don't just go to anybody. Don't go to your ex and tell them your problems. Probably not a good idea. Right? They'll probably be like, I know. That's why we're not together. <laughs> so you, you thought I was blind to it? Go to somebody that you feel like, man, they can really listen and give you the proper guidance. But see, that's the Christian community. Chet said it a couple weeks ago, man, we come in here acting like we're perfect, right? As long as Javon can show his charismatic side, be happy, be, be smiling, but, in the, but, but, but really, without a lot of you knowing, at home, I'm struggling. I'm struggling because I haven't dealt with some of my past issues with my father, and I've never realized that those past issues have actually affected how I am a father today, right? But, but don't worry, Javon's happy. Javon's good. He's lost some weight. Did y'all notice that? I lost some weight. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Feel good. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? But the truth of the matter is, see, there it is. There's my problem. Ego. Pride. <laughs> I, got, I got other steps to get to. But here's the truth, friends. Here's the truth. We need to go to somebody and tell them, hey, I'm struggling. i never forget a couple years ago I had a... Um, I had a, a student, so I don't know if you guys know, I was a youth pastor at our Columbia Station campus, and it was after, uh, we were on a, a mission trip, and it was after a sermon that I preached, and, you know, I got done, and we're all worshiping after, and, and then this 14-year-old this kid just walks up to me, just in tears. I'm like, what's going on, man? What's, what's up, man? You all right? He's like, oh, man, I have so much burden that I need to tell you. And he goes on, and he tells me that he has a pornography problem. And he goes on and he just talks to me about all the things that he truly struggles with. And he hates it. And he hates it. That's when you know you have an addiction, when you do the thing that you hate. Am I right? I hated that I did that. I felt so sick. That is the Holy Spirit working in you, but it's also the Holy Spirit trying to get you to repent and to turn and to walk forward. But I can tell you right now, it took a lot of vulnerability for him to tell me that. But we live in America, and America says, don't show your weakness, y'all. Growing up as a man, we were never allowed to show the weakness. You had to puff out your chest and keep it going. Don't talk about your issues. Don't talk about your problems, right? Suck it up, son. You're going to be all right. It's fine. Quit being a girl, all that stuff. But instead, God gives us a different way, a way that actually works, a way that actually helps. I believe, number one, when we tell somebody our issues, man, we feel the weight lifted off. We don't have to hide it anymore. It's out there. It's, it's, it's out there, right? The reason why you've been struggling is because you've been hiding it. You've been acting like it's not a big deal. But when you say something, it releases a, a bit of weight. But also, number two, what I also believe this, number two, I believe, I'm trying to remember without looking at my notes because I want to be that pastor. Um, what was it? Oh, 
What happens is when we tell somebody what's going on in our lives, it makes us find someone who can hold us accountable. One of, my, one of the great things that I love about this, this step, I have a friend who's a counselor, and I talk to him and I see him. Every time we meet, he asks me, how are you doing? How's your anger, Javon? Have you talked to your dad yet? Have you talked to your family? How's it going? Right? <laughs> you can no longer just not deal with it. Somebody's saying, hey, how's it going? That's what we need in our lives. And so, so step five is a, is a big deal, and John tells us that we are to confess our sins and our dysfunction and our issues. And as soon as we do that, as soon as we find ourselves in step five, then we can make a, a progress towards step six. And step six is my, it's one of my favorite ones. Now, step six and step seven kind of have a little bit of similarities, but what happens is once we get the sin and the dysfunction and the addiction out, then we say to ourselves, and this is step six, we are ready for God to remove all our defects of our character. This is the big part right here. Did you see in John? Let's look at verse 9 again. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. But he doesn't just forgive us. Do you know God is not the God that just says, it's okay, son, I love you. Keep doing what you're doing. No, no, he, he not only forgives us, but he also cleanses us. This is the process of healing where God is cleansing you, renewing you, reshaping you, restoring you to the person that he created you to be. Or as one of the steps says, he restores you to sanity. This is that, that, that cleansing that God does in our lives because the cleansing work is meant to break the cycle that is controlling each and every one of us. But here's the thing. How does God cleanse us? Very simple. God changes our desires. The one thing that, 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 that really hurts a lot of us, that leads us towards a dysfunction, is because we have desires that are unhealthy, that are not what God calls us to do. Not only does he, he removes and changes our desires, he gives us a new hunger. He gives you and I a new hunger. See, the problem is our desires, what we try to do every day without even really noticing, we try to make it life about us. We try to make it, and really that's our ego. Here's the thing about addiction. You're, you're feeding your ego more and more and more, right? Because you have, you have wants and you have needs, and we all have them. We have a need and a want to feel love. We have a need and a want to get attention. Ask my wife. Every time I clean the house, I'm like, did you see what I did? <laughs> you see, your kids are fed. Your kids are in bed. Can I get some love? What's going on? And when I don't get it, I get mad. I get angry. I get frustrated. I, I jump to that. But here's the truth, friends. As God cleanses us, the one thing he reminds us, that the things that you search for, that the things that you want and desire, that fulfillment that you're looking for in your heart, which is a good thing, God shows you he's the only one that can fulfill them. He shows you in that process the love that you're looking for. Friends, it first starts with me because I am the perfect love. I am the agape love. I am the love that shows you unconditional love in your life despite your wrongs, despite your defects, despite your failures, despite all the issues that you have in your life. This is the love that I want to show you, and it's a love that renews you in your life. He shows you, hey, listen, 
the value that you have? You want to know your value? Look to the cross. You know, the scriptures often refer to, especially the Apostle Paul, he often refers to Christ died for us. Because we could not do anything about the sin, God did something about it. By coming in the flesh, by dying a death that you and I deserve, by taking on iniquity, by taking on uh, transgression on himself. If that doesn't tell you how valuable you are, you're kidding yourself. If that doesn't tell you, listen, God died even for the atheist, for the skeptic. Yeah. Right? And God shows the true value in your life. God has to cleanse us and to renew our desires in our lives. He has to attack the ego. Got to attack the ego, that place where you try to make it all about yourself. And here's the thing about ego, friends. It makes us blind. It, it makes us blind to our faults. It makes us blind to the senses. It makes us blind to discernment, true godly discernment. Ego makes us impulsive. I'm an impulsive spender, y'all. I bought a half of $41 yesterday. <laughs> Ashley, smirk what you're laughing for, girl. You don't be laughing, okay? And my wife texted me and said, what are you doing? I said, I, I, I liked it. <laughs> you know we're on a budget, but I, I like it. <laughs> but that's what ego is. I have to have this. I have to have this. It's all about you, mom. Not a big deal. It's only 41 bucks. Not a big deal. Here's the only thing. Ego also makes us lazy. Anybody deal with laziness? Anybody a, ma anybody a master procrastinator? I'll, <laughs> I'll wait till the end, you know. It's, I've done it a thousand times. You know, I can just wait till the end. It's not a big deal. It's okay. Ego makes us abusive. Ego makes us self-obsessed. Ego leads to entitlement. Ego leads to undiscipline. Did I step on your toes yet? Ego makes us not willing to listen. I know it all. What are you telling me? Do you, do you know who I am? I am Javon Anderson, the pastor of West Campus. I got it all together. You, I don't need to learn from you. I got it all together. That's ego. Ego makes us live in a place of self-pity. Ooh. Ooh. I could throw myself a pity party. Ooh, I can even send out my RSVPs pretty soon. I throw myself a pity party. Nobody likes me. Nobody cares for me. That's ego. Because what? It's all about you. Ego makes us bitter. Ego makes us jealous. You can't celebrate others. You ever had a moment where you see somebody's Facebook, they're on like a tropical island and you're stuck here in Cleveland? <laughs> you're, like, you're like this. You're like, I hope you get a plague and you crash. <laughs> yes, that's how egotistic I am. Shut up. God has to attack the ego. God has to fulfill it by, by telling you this. Hey, no matter what you get or you don't get, you have Christ. Whatever you feel like you need, just know you have the love of God. That will carry you. So as we enter into step seven, as we close today, 
As we enter into step seven, step seven is that moment where you tell yourself, hey, God, I'm ready. Have your way. We give up control to God. We, we humbly ask God. Notice the first, notice the second word, humbly. We don't try to make excuses anymore. But, 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 but you know, I mean, I, I, it's not like I'm a bad person, you know what I'm saying? No. God, I'm a terrible man. I love the words of Isaiah. Woe is me, a man of unclean lips. Identifies it right there. We humbly ask God to remove our shortcomings. This is the process where we just ask God, do and have your way. Have your way, God. I'm not going to fight you over it. I'm not, I'm not going to uh, resist it. If you, if you want me to, 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 to uh, learn from the situation, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to humbly take your route because I've realized my route isn't working. One of my favorite passages is in the Gospel of John, uh, John chapter 5, one of my one of my favorite passages, and I really feel like it speaks to these three steps that we talked about today. I really feel like it speaks to just kind of how God works in, in our lives, but also not only speaks how God works in our lives, but how we can tell ourselves the lies that we're fine and we have no problems and we're, we're good, we don't need help. And I love cha- John chapter 5, verse 1. It'll be on the screen for you. John chapter 5, it says this, after this. There was a feast for the Jews, and the Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, a pool in Aramaic called Bethsaida, which has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. So this is, the, this is a spot where there's this pool, and some of you don't know, this is kind of where the, 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 the lower kind of uh, uh, sick people would go. And this pool, suspicion and, and history would tell us, if you jump in this pool, you know, it'll make you better. It'll heal you. So they're around this pool, but notice they're not around God. Notice they're not around Jesus, the ultimate healer, the great physician, the great I am. And it says one man, focus on this, One man, you guys have the verse, one man was there who had been invalid, listen to this, for 38 years. One man who had been invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already been there for a long time. Some of us have been struggling for a long time. For a long time. So here's this guy just sitting there. Just sitting there. Probably feeling hopeless. And he's an invalid, so he can't get up and get in the pool himself. And look what Jesus says to him next. This is so powerful. Verse 6, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been there for a long time. Listen to what Jesus asked him. Do you want to be healed? Doesn't berate him. Doesn't yell at him. Do you want to be healed? And I feel like God is asking us the same question today. Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be different? Do you want to be new? But look at his answer. He says this. He says, uh, do you want to be healed? Then he says, the sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up while I'm going uh, uh, to another steps before me. Jesus said, get up, take up your bed and walk. At once the man was healed and he took up his bed and he walked. We have been struggling way too long, friends. 
since the struggle gets dealt with in the presence of Christ. Notice that? Around that pool, nothing was happening, but when Christ came in the picture, power, deliverance, and healing. Now, I want to ask you this question. Do you want to be healed? I'm guessing you're probably saying yes. Well, if that's you today, then let's pray. Let's ask God to do that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we humbly come to you. We humbly come to you with all of our defects. We humbly say to you, God, this is my problem. I know you know it. And the one thing that I need is your forgiveness. But not only, Lord, do I need your forgiveness, but I need the cleansing, powering work that you give to us. So, God, please help me today. And, God, I'm willing just to sit and to say, God, have your way. Not my will, but your will, God. God, allow me to see how my, my past, my childhood has affected me today. Allow me to see that, that, that me blindly not admitting my real pain and sickness has affected me. But, Lord, I know that there is forgiveness waiting for me. I pray that none of us feel the guilt and shame of, of our past, the decisions that we've made, the things that we've said, what we've done with our hands and all of that. Lord, I pray, God. That we wouldn't land in a place of shame, but we would live for forgiveness from you. Lord, we're ready. We're ready to go on that journey today. This is not a message that we just want to hear one time and then we go back and revert back to our old ways. No, we're ready for you to renew us to new ways because you are the way. You are the truth and you are the life that we so desperately need. Help a woman in this room today who was struggling, who just seemed can cannot really fix the issue, the, the struggle that she deals with. Help the young man that just hides it. The family doesn't know, but they really are desperately in need of help. Help them to find help. Point us to the person you want us to trust in today to the person who would hear us and give us solid direction and discernment and wisdom. I pray for that today, God. I pray no longer we would just know our issues, but we would do something about them today. Would you please help us? We need you, God. In your son's perfect name is so we pray. Amen.